the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oh, welcome in. Kathy Emmons with you, Word FM Studios today. And I got to be honest, I'm really happy to be here. You know why? I don't have air conditioning in my house. It is so hot. (laughs) It's so hot in my house. You guys, listen, I am happy to, first of all, have a house. And I'm super happy that I was able, because talk about a first world problem. I was able to uh, nearly complete a renovation on my house that's gone on for five months. Um, and the fact that it didn't include air conditioning, it should be the least of my problems. I mean, for crying out loud. However, when I was moving furniture this morning at 10 o'clock, it was just so incredibly hot. And I thought, you know, this is a crazy city we live in um, that this kinds of stuff goes on. Now, interestingly enough, my on-air partner, John Hall, taking the day off, uh, he also does not have air conditioning in his home. We have um, been together in this journey over a long time, neither one of us ever having air conditioning in our home. And so up to this point, it's been the most gorgeous summer. It's been kind of cool at night. You know, it's not too humid. It's been terrific. We knew this day was coming. Christy, I knew it was coming. And so I shouldn't be surprised at today. But when I look forward to Wednesday, it's going to be like 97. You're going to be roasted. I'm going to come in here at like 6 a.m. Come on in. I'm going to do the morning show with Ken. He'll love it. Okay. I bet he'd be surprised. I bet he'd be like, what the heck is going on and why is she here? Somebody else in the uh, studio besides him. Exactly. A little company. Who doesn't love that? I think it could be good. Um, I... um, can't find the top four at four. That's kind of interesting. Looking through my stack of stuff, Christy. <laughs> the ream of paper mm-hmm. that you've printed? Yeah. Um, Christy, while I'm talking, I wonder yeah. if you'd be kind enough to go back to my office and see if perhaps I left it in I, there. I can do, do you that you. think you could do that? Yeah. That would be so great. Anyway, we have a terrific show coming up. Hopefully it will include the top four at four, um, which for some reason I can't locate right now. Let me tell you what we can look forward to over the next two hours in our five o'clock hour. Uh, the UK is testing a four-day work week. And so that would mean that if we live, thank you so much, Christy, she did find it. If we did work in the UK, perhaps today would still be a weekend for us. So we'll be talking about that in the five o'clock hour. Also, um, we'll be talking to Stephen Mansfield about the great resignation. Where are all the people? Seriously, where every place I go, I pass 10 signs that say, you know, looking for work, job opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. Every time I call about something that doesn't work in my house, I can't find somebody who can answer the question because they don't have enough staff. Where, where is everybody? 
So we're going to talk about that with Stephen Mansfield at 535. Also, how COVID did away with the sick day. And then coming up this hour, we'll talk about um, legendary Steeler coach Chuck Knoll died eight years ago today at the age of 82. We'll talk about Chuck. Also, uh, Tom Hanks explains it all. A really interesting profile of Mr. Hanks in today's New York Magazine and God Sex and your marriage. Julie Slattery will join me at 4.40 to talk about that. Christy, how was your weekend? It was lovely. Was it? Yes. Give me one highlight. Um, I, my dad is out of town. Where? He's in, somewhere in uh, in Florida. Tampa, maybe? Oh, I can you imagine how hot it is there? No, poor guy. I'm going to stop complaining. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I spent the day with my mom. We yes, went shopping. You did? We did. You know, we got a whole bunch of stuff we probably didn't need. That's terrific. I bet you're not talking groceries. Nope, not groceries at all. Okay. Did you go to like a mall setting? Did you go to an outlet? Uh, no, we, my mom lives out in Elizabeth, so we went out towards uh, Monroeville. Okay. And we just shopped all around. So we, we avoided the mall, but we went to all the stores, not not in the mall. Good for you. Did you get anything for Milo? Um, he got a couple toys. Thank goodness. Because you know, he doesn't have enough. No, of course. We're talking about Milo, um, the miniature dachshund that um, Christy mom's. And um, he's super cute. And what, now he got like some toys and that was that's like all you could possibly muster up. on. Uh, what Saturday. else does he need? I don't know, really. Maybe another sweatshirt. Well, it's a little hot for sweatshirts. It is hot. He's inside today because it's too hot. Because it's wake up and be awesome yeah. is what it is. It is. Every single day. All right. Without further ado, as John usually says, Christy, would you give me the music? Because it's time for the top four at four. All right, for Monday, June 13th, 2022, let's start with number one. Senate negotiators said yesterday they reached a bipartisan framework on measures intended to limit some access to firearms, paving the way for the broadcast, no, not the broadcast, but the broadest federal legislation on guns in decades. I will look closer. The proposal, after weeks of push and pull in the wake of mass shootings last month at a Buffalo supermarket and a Uvalde, Texas elementary school, aims to go after illegal sales of guns and to fund mental health programs and school security. It also provides incentives for states to implement and maintain red flag laws and includes juvenile records in background checks for people buying guns who are under 21 years of age. We're going to talk more about the particulars of this with Greg Clugston coming up in just a couple minutes. Number two, in the wake of three crashes, two of them fatal, the U.S. Navy has said it will ground all non-deployed aircraft for a day today to focus on safety protocols. The aircraft grounding comes after crashes within a seven-day period in California this month that resulted in six deaths. The day will be used to review risk management practices and conduct training on threat and error management. On June 3rd, a Navy pilot was killed on a training mission uh, in Trona, California. June 8th, another military aircraft crashed, killing five U.S. Marines near Glamis, California. And the next day, a Navy helicopter on a training flight crashed near El Centro, California, which is about 100 miles east of San Diego. Authorities have said they are investigating all three crashes. Number three, as of today, Queen Elizabeth II is officially the second longest reigning monarch in world history with 70 years, 127 days on the throne. 
The queen, who began her reign in 1952 at age 25, already the longest-serving British monarch ever, surpassing her great-great-grandmother, Queen Victoria, in 2015, today surpassed the long reign of Thailand's King Bumibol Adjuliadej, who held his role from 1946 until his death in 2016. That leaves people just one monarch ahead of Elizabeth in the record books that Fran- that's France's King Louis the 14th who gained his title at just the age of 4 back in 1643 now should queen elizabeth ii reign for about two more years in may of 2024 she would surpass king louis the 14th as the longest reigning monarch in the history of this globe according to the bbc and number 4 Not a weird animal story, but a weird human story. Christy, are you ready for this? Can't wait. Fresh off his legal battle with his ex-wife, Johnny Depp is in the news today. Did you read why? No, I didn't. He is releasing an album next month with legendary guitarist Jeff Beck. (laughs) I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, earlier this month, you know, the jury sided with him in his defamation lawsuit against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Um, he got more than $10 million there. But then there was a split decision because they found that his one of his lawyers had defamed her. And so they had to give her $2 million. But he still, if my math is right, ended up with $8 million. Anyway, the bottom line is he's still part of his band called uh, Hollywood Vampires. He uh, is part of the band with Alice Cooper and Joe Perry. And uh, so he and Jeff Beck are going to be doing a 13-track album titled 18. It'll drop in July. And that is your top four at four. Christy, you have any connection to Jeff Beck? No. Do you know who Jeff Beck is? I don't at Mm -hmm. all. Okay. Um, Have you seen Spinal Tap? No. Okay. Uh, Do you know who Alice Cooper is? I know who that is. Okay. Do you know who Joe Perry is? No. Okay. All right. So you're probably not going to be the audience for this 13-track album that's about to be released. Um, Okay. The album is all covers, and uh, they'll be covering the Velvet Underground's Venus and Furs, the Everly Brothers' Let It Be Me, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, two songs from the Beach Boys, um, and two original songs from Johnny Depp. Now, it takes a lot of guts to be in the public eye like he has been for the last six weeks and then drop an album. That's all I can say. It just takes a lot of guts. All right. God bless him. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, let's talk to Greg Clugston. Greg in his normal slot on the ride home, SRN News White House correspondent. We'll catch up with Greg. The latest goings on inside the Beltway. So stay close. It's the Monday edition. Glad you're here on the ride home. 101.5 WORD. I won! I won! Yes! (laughs) And we want you to win, too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes update. Each Friday, you can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes update, mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com slash subscribe. Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, (laughs) it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. 
projects. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com slash HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. So my sister and I, that's me, are into dominoes. There's this fancy domino TV show, and we are destined to be on that show. Uncle Ryan, though, that's me, has a hand that shakes like a jackhammer. The dude can't get ten dominoes before his dreams come toppling down. Luckily, there was one positive that came from my domino disaster. I'm about to use it as an analogy in our mortgage commercial. Buying a home right now can be hard. Bidding wars, lack of inventory, rates going up and down. It's easy to have your new home dreams toppled. At United Faith Mortgage, we can't easy fix those hurdles, but we are good at making the mortgage part awesome. We pay $1,000 of your closing costs on new home purchases. And we're an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Our company uses its own money and there's no middleman, which often allows us to get you a better rate, saving monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Each Monday when we come on the air around this time, we say, wow, there's so many goings on inside the nation's beltway. That's the case every single week. You know what? I'm just going to stop saying it. I'm just going to welcome Greg Cluxton, an SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, we all know there's a ton going on all the time. Clearly, you picked a good line of work if you're looking for stuff to talk about. Well, you know, Kathy, some people have asked me uh, since Joe Biden was elected, is it is it more boring now because Donald <laughs> right, Trump is not in the White Trump. House? And, you know, I say I say that's not the right question to ask, because there is always activity in Washington, D.C., no matter who is in office, no matter which political party is right. in, in power. Uh, you're exactly right. Always something going on. Or it could be that there is a current administration and all we're doing is talking about the last one, which apparently is what's happening, yes. Yes. <laughs> especially is, today. Yeah. OK, Greg. So, so January 6th committee, a second public hearing happened this morning. Um, let's start off by talking about former Attorney General William Barr and his testimony. Um, did we learn anything that we didn't know before? Um, in some ways, um, I, I guess I would say no. But what we're getting is a fuller picture of what happened behind the scenes. We know what we have seen uh, from public statements, by public speeches, by by then President uh, Trump when he was still in office, uh, and what he has said since leaving office. Uh, but what what we're hearing now with the, uh, the 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 depositions, the sworn testimony from Republicans, almost entirely Republicans, who are in Donald Trump's inner circle and who held top government official jobs here in the administration including the former Attorney General uh, Bill Barr, uh, they, they have in separate testimonies, separate depositions, uh, separate 
sworn statements said, and we learned this today, that Donald Trump uh, from election night forward was told repeatedly that he did not have enough votes to win. Uh, and he simply that he, Donald Trump, rejected uh, that reality and was clinging to any any theory or idea or claim of a stolen election or fraud and uh, and simply held on to that. And in and, and essentially today is still claiming that it was a rigged and stolen election. And so we heard from some very key members behind the scenes who were expressing frustration. And in fact, they were expressing almost disbelief about uh, Donald Trump's uh, inability to accept the results of the election. Bill Barr used these words to describe the situation involving Donald Trump. He said it was crazy stuff, Mm -hmm. complete nonsense, stupid, bogus. And then this is getting a lot of attention. He was concerned that Donald Trump was detached from reality because he was so insistent on staying in office. Bill Barr said, I thought, boy, if he really believes this stuff, as you said, he's become detached from reality. So obviously he was thinking when he went into that conversation, surely he doesn't believe this stuff. And then after the conversation in question, he said, wow, if he really does, then, you know, the the term detached from reality comes up. Um, And it wasn't and Kathy, it wasn't just one conversation. It was repeated meetings and conversations with Barr and with others. Yes. And Bill Barr went on to say that he himself personally investigated a variety of fraud allegations. So it wasn't like he was just taking someone else's word for it or trying to poo-poo it or trying to say, you know what, I don't care about this. He said he actually investigated a variety of fraud allegations and landed on, like you said, therefore, quote, it was crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And So back to your original question about did we learn anything yeah. new? Uh we, we knew before these hearings what Bill Barr's conclusion was about claims of fraud in the 2020 election. He said that he and the Justice Department looked into it and there was not enough fraud that was determined to change the outcome. So, so yes, we already knew that before these hearings. But what we did not know to the specificity that we now know uh, from someone like the former attorney general, we're talking the top law enforcement official in the United States, someone who uh, went to bat many, many times for Donald Trump mm-hmm. during the administration, but at this point uh, was was really flabbergasted, really. When you when you when you take Barr's testimony in total so far, um, he he simply uh, he couldn't believe what he was hearing and seeing. And we must remember that Barr did eventually resign before Trump's uh, term in office was officially over. So that resignation happened uh, December 14th of 2020, and then Jeff Rosen comes on the scene as acting attorney general, and he also said today that he told the president that claims of election fraud were also unjustified. He said, quote, you're getting bad information. Right. So we heard that from him. We heard that from the former acting deputy attorney general, Richard Donahue. We also heard testimony from Bill Stepien. He was the Trump campaign manager. And he said that it was his recommendation on election night to Donald Trump. It's too soon. We don't have all the all the votes are not counted yet. You cannot go out and declare victory. Of course, that's exactly what Donald Trump went out and did. And Stepien went on to say that he didn't believe what was happening over those next few days and weeks was either very uh, honest or very professional. Um, 
So, so we heard that story repeated over and over. And of course, that's the narrative that the January 6th committee mm-hmm. uh, uh, was putting forward today. Um, it, it's worth, it's, it's worth pointing out, I think, Kathy, that um, Donald Trump obviously has, ha, has denied wrongdoing. He has called this committee's work a uh, politically motivated witch hunt. Uh, someone like Bill Stepien, for example, the, the campaign manager who testified under oath that he thought this was wrong. He thought it was not professional uh, and that he advised against the president to, to act the way that he did and take the position that he did. He, Stepien, is actually a campaign manager right now for uh, Liz Cheney's opponent in, Was- in, uh, in Wyoming. And her opponent uh, believes a lot of the same way that Donald Trump does. So there are some people who are poking holes at, at Bill Stepien saying, well, y- you say this about mm-hmm. Donald Trump when he was in office, but your current job has you supporting a similar candidate right now. Right. So people are people are in odd waters. And speaking of odd waters, and we're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, how about the testimony um, about Rudy Giuliani? So allegations of Mr. Giuliani saying on that night, they're stealing it from us. So regardless of the perspective of other people in the administration that night and then over successive days, him not being convinced. Right. Campaign officials uh, were testified that uh, a couple of things about Giuliani, one that he was he and Sidney Powell and others, they were they were in the minority in terms of, of getting Donald Trump's ear to say, hey, there is fraud here. This was rigged. It was stolen. You are the rightful winner of this election. And uh, we, we, we can help you find that evidence, which has never been proven in a, in a court of law. Um, and so and there was even talk that uh, that Giuliani on election night was uh, had been drinking too much and was mm-hmm. intoxicated to what level. No one could really specify that. But that was painting a picture. Uh, and Bill Steppi and the campaign manager he said that in, in, in the following days, there were sort of two camps, uh, campaign officials who uh, advised against the, Donald Trump claiming that he was victorious and Giuliani and the others who were uh, who were claiming the other. And uh, Stepien said that his team was referred to as the normal team, as opposed to what Giuliani was doing. Uh, and of course, Giuliani and, and the other legal um, officials and, and attorneys who were claiming stolen fraud election claims Uh, Again, they were uh, shut out in court and court after court in many states across the country. Greg, what about the allegations of Mr. Giuliani being intoxicated, Um, especially him being on the what what, what do you call What is he calling it? The abnormal team or the not normal team? (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess whatever the ab- opposite of normal yeah, would be okay. abnormal, right? Sure. So, what does that is that going to have a, a particular effect? You know, adding in that you know you know bit of miscellany to the story. Yeah. Some some people may say it's it's sort of salacious and it's it's maybe a personal attack that was just thrown in for good measure. It was it was a question that was asked to um, uh, Jason Miller, I, I believe it was, um, who was uh, a top campaign advisor. Um, and he he said, yes, it was uh, it was clear that Giuliani had been drinking. Uh, and I think the reason why that was brought into the discussion from the committee's perspective is that uh, Giuliani is the one who uh, Trump really ended up listening to in the end uh, in terms of the uh, of the fraud claims. Um, and so they were they were trying to get at exactly what you know, what Mr. Giuliani's demeanor was at that time. I don't want to forget to talk about former Fox News political editor Chris Starwalt, um, who also made an interesting appearance. He helped call the Arizona presidential vote for Biden and was later laid off by Fox News. Talk about his testimony. 
Right. He talked about the the sort of uh, evaluation polling system that Fox News, in conjunction with the Associated Press and, and another organization, had developed. And they felt very, very confident about their polling data. And you're right. Uh, he, As he testified, and as we know, Fox News was the first to say that Joe Biden won Arizona. And uh, that was kind of the first domino of several key states on election night that started falling away from Donald Trump and for Joe Biden and ultimately led to Biden's victory. And then in addition to the to uh, to, you know, the Fox News um, um, testimony there, uh, that was then uh, asked, you know, to other campaign officials. What what did that mean for the uh, for the White House uh, and for the people who were gathered inside the building here on election night and for Trump and those who were talking to him? What did Fox's declaration of an Arizona Biden victory do? And they said that it was uh, it was pretty devastating because uh, they they either hadn't seen that or they weren't really prepared for that. And uh, and then it just all fell apart. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Uh, in our remaining time, I think we should talk about the actual president, the current one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems as if he's losing um, uh, the confidence of his party. Uh, it seems like day to day, and it has to do with a lot of different things. But talk about the growing discontent on behalf of the Democrats. Right. Uh, big, big uh, story over the weekend in, in the New York Times talking about whether or not Democrats are, are whether they think that Joe Biden is the right candidate, the right person, the right mm-hmm. vehicle for their party looking ahead to 2024. Listen to some of these headlines uh, just in the last two or three days from various publica- publications, including the New York Times. Should Biden run in 2024? Democrats' worries about a Biden 2024 campaign are getting louder. Mm. Democrats quietly search for an alternative to Biden in 24. So this is uh, this is a growing story that we're hearing. There seem to be more Democrats, um, maybe not a lot of who are on the record yet, although uh, AOC was, in, I think, interviewed by CNN uh, Friday or Saturday, and she was asked about whether she would support Joe Biden in a reelection bid. And she said, well, we'll have to wait and see. Oh, boy. Uh, she's a key progressive uh, Democratic member of the House, and uh, she essentially punted on that question. So obviously, all Americans, everybody concerned about things like inflation, the war in Ukraine um, and, and any number of crises, the ongoing the pandemic uh, in this country. And so uh, there's a lot, obviously, on the plate for the president, uh, but with very poor and consistently poor job approval ratings, uh, the, the Democrats, as we are now hearing and seeing, they're not only concerned about what that will do for the midterm elections this November, but what that could mean for the White House race in two years. Right. Fascinating time. I mean, just think, talk about things that I would have never expected uh, a year ago. Truly, Greg. Um, OK, I can't believe our time's almost up. There's just so much to talk about. But before we go, you know, I have to take you down an alternate path. Of course. It wouldn't be the ride home if we didn't do that. Okay, so John's off today, um, but Christy and I, after the break, are going to be talking about the, the long piece that was that was in New York uh, Magazine, yes, New York Times Magazine, about Tom Hanks yesterday. Um, this is going to make you feel, potentially make you feel old. He said in the article, Greg, that he has been acting in movies for 46 years. Wow. Okay, yeah. which is shocking. Are you a Tom Hanks fan? I am. I am. And I think the reason why is uh, it seems like he uh, is so believable in any role that yeah. he takes on. And that's that's the key to being a fantastic actor. I remember him from his bosom buddy TV <laughs> comedy show before he started doing <laughs> that's this. That's right. 
right? So yes, and he I was believable in that. <laughs> okay, fa- favorite Tom Hanks, other than Bosom Buddies, which of course would rank at the top of your list. Um, oh well. What favorite Tom Hanks films? Like, do you have pr- particular performances that you love? Oh boy, I um, tr- I'm probably okay, drawing a blank here. Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, big. Big was good. Uh, Forrest Gump is another classic. Castaway. Um, Castaway. It, it was. It was. It was an interesting movie. It wasn't. It wasn't one of my top favorites. Yeah, I mean, it, I agree. The performance by Hanks though was very good. Sure. Though. Saving Private Ryan, of course. Yeah. Uh, Toy uh, Story. Oh yeah. I, I mean, love Toy Story. I mean, no, he wasn't Buzz. He was. Uh, no. He was the cowboy there. How about um, Apollo thirteen? Yeah, I would put that up there. Me too. Uh, that's. Not not just for Tom Hanks, but just as a movie oh, generally. It's, it's, uh, it's just a, such an incredible story. And don't yeah, forget maybe. League of Their Own. Oh, there you go. There's no crying baseball. in baseball. Of course. And last, of course, but not least, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is about Pittsburgh's own Mr. Rogers. Oh, Fred Rogers. Wasn't yeah. that a, did uh, you see that, Greg? I, I absolutely did. Wasn't that a I, wonderful film? It was. And I knew the backstory about his relationship with that yeah. with that magazine with that journalist yeah because um, a lot of people thought it was just sort of a you know a, a you know a made up story right but it was right but this was a, a real part of his life and that really gave you an insight into how fred rogers treated people which was uh just unbelievable i really love that anyway greg thank you for always going down the garden path with us as they say Hey, my pleasure. Thanks, Kathy. All right, Greg, take care. Have a great week. It's Greg Cluxton, SRN News, White House correspondent. When we come back from the break, Greg will be gone, which will be sad, but we'll continue talking about Tom Hanks. So stay with us. Monday edition, right home. Original Mattress Factory customers understand the value of buying local. Because we hand-build our products in our local factory, our customers can see exactly how their mattress is made. They can see and feel the difference in quality for themselves. Original Mattress Factory customers know that they'll be treated like a neighbor in our stores. They can rest assured that their dollar is going further thanks to our factory direct value. And their purchase supports their community. Visit an OMF location today to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to none. Doing it right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction, doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete. Doing it right will ensure that all work is installed to the industry's highest standards. Then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right. Mention John and Kathy for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. I think what excites them the most is that their children are happy. Kara Bell, principal at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. When the children come into school, they love it. And oftentimes they're super excited when they leave because they don't want to leave. You know, it's always, bye, Mrs. Bell, see you tomorrow. I mean, they're just always happy. And I think that makes parents happy. You want to see your children have a passion for education. We want them to enjoy learning. Imagine, believe, achieve. Jubilee Christian School, K-7th through grade, now enrolling for the fall at jubileecs.org. 
Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. At Century 3 Chevrolet, they know your time is valuable. Instead of walking dealer lots or spending hours searching online, custom order your new Chevrolet at Century3Chevy.com. Find new roads and the vehicle you want at Century 3 Chevrolet. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We'll see increasing clouds for tonight with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm from late evening on. Storms can bring flash flooding and damaging winds will reach a high of 68. For tomorrow, watch for a severe thunderstorm. Otherwise, it'll be warm and humid with clouds and sunshine, the high 87. Wednesday, periods of sun, temperatures near the record of 96. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm. Expect a high of 95. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. There are some artists, and Tom Hanks is one, who go beyond mere popularity and instead come to embody some part of our shared American story. Ever since Tom Hanks broke out from a string of roles as a goofy, lovelorn leading man in Big, which was 1988, Tom Hanks has gradually become an avatar of American goodness. So says David Marchese in his long piece in the New York Times magazine that was released over the weekend. If you are a Tom Hanks fan, I encourage you to check out NewYorkTimes.com and look at the article on Tom Hanks. You can see it in today's front page. Um, in reading it, the first thing I thought of is is that um, in all the effort on the part of uh, David Marchese to make to keep asking a question, you know, why are you so nice, or why are, do you really think you're such a nice guy? I think the bottom line is he just is. <laughs> I, mean, I just don't think it's like you know complicated. I think he's just a pretty nice guy, um, and of course, an incredibly talented actor. the um, The interview that uh, happens in written form is a little more aggressive or antagonistic, I think, than it had to be. Uh, I think that really uh, kind of makes the interviewer look a little silly. But Tom Hanks more than holds his own um, as he talks about his brand-new film where he plays um, Colonel Tom Parker, the bad guy who was running Elvis Presley's career, um, but also talks about film in general. And it's just, I, I don't know, I, I found the whole um, conversation uh, an interesting look into how Tom Hanks thinks. Um, clearly a very bright man, and he has... Has uh, made more than sixty films over the last forty-six years, and so Christy, I come to you, and I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Greg Clugston: uh, Are you a Tom Hanks fan? Not really. Okay. Uh, do you dislike him? I don't dislike him. Okay. Uh, can you think of any films he's made that you have seen? Um, Toy Story for sure. Okay. Polar did you Ex- like Toy Story? I did. I did the Polar Express. That's up there on my favorite oh, list. Oh, okay. You know, I've never seen that. Oh, I watch it every Christmas. Do you really? I do. I've never seen that movie. It's a good movie. Okay. It's very cute. Okay. I love Toy Story. I don't you, like the newest one. I didn't see the newest one. I only saw one, two, and three. Don't watch four. Okay. For, then I won't. That was easy. <laughs> okay. What about uh, Apollo 13? I don't think I've ever seen that. League of Their Own. No. Oh, my gosh. You, League of Their Own is so funny. He's just It's really great. How about uh, Captain Phillips? No. Sully? No. 
Toys, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yes. What did you think of that? Um, what does anybody think of that? Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. Yes. And, okay, right. Um, Philadelphia. No. Castaway. Yes. That one's weird. I didn't. Th- I didn't. I didn't love it. No. It's the whole volleyball thing. Yeah. Like, creepy. Well, yeah. I thought like uh, Forrest Gump. Yes. And. It's a classic, so I feel yeah, like... Yeah, you you almost can't pick it, pick on it. No, you can't. And I eat at the Forrest Gump restaurant when I'm out of town, so... What, what's the Forrest Gump There's restaurant? There's like a... I don't even know what it's called. It's just like a Forrest Gump-based restaurant. I'll have to look it up. What? Where? I, when I was in Florida, we ate there. I, I'll have to look it I up. I had no idea. What about Big? No, I've never seen it. Okay. Um, Charlie Wilson swore. No. Did you see the new one, Bridge of Spies? No. It's not new, but it's new-ish. It's a uh, Cold War type of thing. It, uh, it, it's very, very good. That's actually, I really liked Bridge of Spies a lot. Oh, what about um, Catch Me If You Can? Mm, I think I've seen parts Leo of Leo DiCaprio? True Story? I don't, that, I don't know that I've ever he, seen the whole thing. And Tom Hanks is the FBI guy? That could be up there with me. I'm going to put Apollo 13 at the top. Apollo 13, Toy Story, and Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, check it out. NewYorkTimes.com. Coming up next, God, sex, and your marriage. Are you afraid of the coming conversation? (laughs) There's a reason why I think John decided not to come to work today. Anyway, we're going to talk about it. Dr. Julie Slattery coming up next. All right. WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I'm your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 940 6161. That's 1 800 940 6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1 800 940 6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Drop your phones, grab your friends, and celebrate summer at Seneca Hills. For 86 years, Seneca Hills Bible Camp and Retreat Center is where families and churches have come to disconnect from daily distractions, to build friendships, grow in faith, and have tons of fun amid 250 acres of God's stunning creation. See all that Seneca Hills has to offer at SenecaHills.org. Camp sessions begin June 19th. Reserve now at SenecaHills.org. I've always been kind of cynical towards advertising, which I know doesn't make much sense considering I'm currently recording a commercial. It's all the fluffy words that make us cynical, right? A -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, a blue light special, but only, of course, if you call right now. 
It all kind of makes me nauseous, and yet here I am about to say that right now actually might be a once-in-a-lifetime moment for some of us, and that is the opportunity of a cash-out refinance. Arguably never has there been a moment in time like the last few years where home values have jumped at crazy historical levels, leaving all this extra money sitting inside our homes. A cash-out refinance lets you put that extra money in your pocket to use for life. If you'd like to see your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. It's just awkward to talk about sex. I don't know how else to say it. There's a reason why parents can't talk to kids about it, why teachers can't talk to students, why pastors can't talk to congregants, why husbands can't talk to wives. I mean, it's just an awkward thing. And the way our culture approaches sex makes it (laughs) much more so. Um, And so I really, I have to say, was shocked surprised, but I was very proud of Julie Slattery when I found out that she had made a career change maybe eight or 10 years ago. Julie came to Pittsburgh to do an event with me um, called Women in Ministry, and she came twice. She did such a terrific job. She spoke from the heart. She really touched the women who were in attendance. There were about 500 of us that were out at South Point. I really, really have appreciated Julie ever since then. But Julie, when I found out that you were leaving what you were doing at Focus and you were going to become what a lot of people are calling a sex therapist, I thought, now, wait a minute. What is this about? Yeah, boy, I remember that those events with you in Pittsburgh, they were really special. God really moved. And yes, part of God moving in my life uh, involved him laying on my heart, just a ministry for the topic of sexuality, addressing sexual confusion and brokenness. And uh, I've been doing that now for 10 years, and it's crazy just in the last decade how much I see that this ministry is, is so needed, so uh, it is awkward, but it's so important that we uh, just courageously step into conversations and navigate them with God's truth and love. Dr. Julie Slattery is with me. Her new book is called God, Sex, and Your Marriage. Um, Julie, when you first um, decided to do this, and even now since it's been 10 years, people say, what do you do for a living? At the beginning of the book, you talk about, oh, no, like when I say what I do for a living, it's going to stop the conversation cold. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I usually end up punting on that unless I feel particularly <laughs> bold to say, well, I talk about sex in the Bible, but usually I'll say something like, oh, I'm a psychologist or I run a nonprofit <laughs> because, <laughs> a uh, because people aren't ready, strangers aren't ready to dive into a conversation not only about sexuality, but then you, when you mix it with God, now that's a whole other level of, wow, that's that gets awkward very fast. Right, because, um, and I guess I should formulate this as a question. Why is it that we, all of us, have a hard time putting sex and God in the same sentence or in the same conversation? Yeah, I think uh, there's really a couple answers to that. One of them is just we've inherited a history uh, over generations of, for many reasons, feeling like, 
God is holy and sex is always at some level shameful yeah. or sinful. And so we don't realize it, but we grew up with these unspoken rules that you just don't talk about sex openly uh, in the home, in the church. And, and, and so we just kind of accepted that as normal. Then we have to look at the scripture and say, well, the Bible isn't silent on this topic. So where did that tradition even come from? But I think at a deeper level, I you hate to be the person saying Satan is behind everything, but I do believe that he's had a, a place in silencing the church on this topic because when anything is hidden and is in darkness, then we don't have the light of Christ in it. And that's what we see happening in our day and age. You know, the culture has really taken over this conversation to the point where most Christians really don't have an understanding of why God created sex in the first place. And we're surrounded, Julie. I mean, it's it's truly... I can't say distressing doesn't sum up how disturbing it is on a daily basis to just from my perspective and I am divorced from it um, personally mm-hmm. speaking, but having to go on the air and talk about one sex scandal after another. And I'm not, not just talking about the ones that happen out in the world. I mean, the, the FBI uh, scandal with the girls from the U.S. gymnastics team and Larry Nassar, that's a horrible thing that happened. Look at the, all of the hashtag Me Too stories. But then we move into all the stories about what's going on in the church, what has gone in the church, whether it's the Roman Catholic Church, whether it's Hillsong, whether it's Sovereign mm-hmm. Grace. It's, None of us are exempt. And is one of the reasons why we keep recycling these same sins and scandals is because we can't talk about it? I certainly think that plays a part in it. Uh, When you can't talk about something, you can't be honest. Uh, You can't, as a victim, um, boldly come out and say what happened. You can't talk about what's right. And so even in terms of our understanding of what appropriate touch is, what boundaries are, we, we need to have those conversations very early and often. But I also think we haven't left room for the fact that we all have sexual brokenness in our mm-hmm. life of different kinds, you know, whether it's um, some of the shame that comes from legalistic teaching on sex or it's a culture distorting the purpose of sex or we just look at the stats of how many people are impacted by pornography to assume that just because somebody is in leadership um, that they don't struggle with these things is, is not only naive, it's disastrous. You know, to have elder boards and pastors and Christian leaders who we just assume because they went to seminary or because they're in Christian work, they don't struggle with sexual sin or lust or shame. We really set them up on a trajectory of if you do struggle, you have to you have to keep it quiet. There's no accountability. There's no place to get help. Uh, you can't raise your hand and just say, hey, I'm really struggling here. Um, could somebody throw me a lifeline? If you do that, you don't have a job. You don't have a career anymore. And so I think there's a lot that we need to change um, in the environment of how the church addresses sexuality, starting with the basic assumptions that at some level we're all wrestling with a wrong understanding of sexuality and we don't know what to do with our struggles and we don't know how to talk about it dr julie slatter is with me her new book is called god sex and your marriage i highly recommend it i'm only halfway through it julie i really appreciate how you you write in such a plain spoken way in an honest way and i wish we could get into more portions of the book but let me just say um 
that in the near the beginning of the book, you say that one of the things that you want to stress with people is that sex will never be a neutral issue in your marriage. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, the way God designed sex, even from a biochemical perspective, he designed it to be something that promotes intimacy and safety and connection. But the opposite is also true when sex isn't going well, or even when sex isn't happening in a marriage, it's going to lead to feelings of resentment, misunderstanding, blaming, just kind of drifting apart. Like you never meet somebody who says, hey, we're just roommates. We're married, but we're just roommates. Mm -hmm. And think, well, that's a great marriage. You're like, no, something's lacking. You know, the fact that you say you're just roommates means there's not just any sexual intimacy that's lacking, but also probably emotional and spiritual intimacy go along with it. Uh, And so you just never kind of coast on this issue of your marriage. It's either going to be something that is really propelling you to work on the difficult issues and become more intimate or something that is going to be, over time, driving you further apart. Julie, I wish we had more time. This is radio, and you know that we have no control over our clock. But I do want to highly recommend Dr. Julie Slattery's new book, God, Sex, and Your Marriage. Julie, perhaps you can come on again. We can get um, into some more details of the book. But thank you so much for your forthrightness in writing it. And so glad you were back on the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Kathy. I'd love to come to Pittsburgh again soon, too. So it'd be great to see you. That would be awesome. Always happy to be your host if you decide to come. As Dr. Julie Slattery, check out her new book, God, Sex, and Your Marriage. Coming up next, legendary Steelers coach Chuck Knoll died eight years ago today already at the age of 82. We'll talk about him coming up next. Let's see. Something costs less but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. And a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Research shows listeners don't like it when ads interrupt their music. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, we made this ad optional. If you want to skip this ad, remove your left earphone. Liberty Mutual customizes home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. If you're missing this informative ad, you must stop wasting your cash. It's the easy and smart way to save. Now it's all been said, so with that earphone was out, put it back in your head. 
Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Plan now to join Word FM Tuesday, August 16th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The Ride Homes John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. Chuck Knoll is the best thing to happen to the Roonies since they got on the boat in Ireland. Those are the words of Art Rooney Jr., oldest son of Steeler founder Art Rooney Sr. There's a great article in today's Trib about the fact that uh, Chuck Knoll died eight years ago today at the age of 82. And when I think of uh, Mr. Knoll, I just think of my dad. Very similar personalities. Um my dad was uh, the strong, silent type. And when I say silent, I mean pretty much so. <laughs> very, very quiet. But one of those people you look at and you know that still waters run deep. Chuck Knoll was like that. I mean, everything he said was basically an incredibly small distillation of you could tell everything that was going on in his head, of everything that was going on in his head. Um Lynn Swan said that Chuck Knoll never gets the credit he deserves for managing one of the great teams in history. In uh, the profile in today's trip, um, it was also a reprint um, by Jerry DePaul. It was posted back in 2014. Uh, I learned some things about Chuck Knoll that I thought were really interesting. Um, first off, Mr. Gordon said in talking about Chuck Knoll, quote, he preferred to be a football coach and not a celebrity. After a while, they just stopped calling because they knew he wasn't interested. If he would have had his way after the game on Sunday, he would have just picked up his briefcase and gone home. Also, Chuck Knoll, apparently a food and wine connoisseur who flew his own plane, sailed his own boat, and also was good at separating his personal life from football. Jerry DePaula tells a story about his family who lived in Upper St. Clair for so many years and his son, Chris, who played football and soccer in high school. And uh, Dad Chuck very rarely attended the games, but his son said it wasn't from a lack of interest. But Chris said, my mom and dad were trying to give me my space. They'd sneak in every once in a while, but they didn't want to put a lot of pressure on me. Chris Knoll said he remembers coming home from football practice as a freshman in high school and telling his dad the team needed a long snapper. So dad took me out in the driveway, Chris said, and showed me how to do it. That's just so great. Many times, the article goes on to say, when the NFL draft lasted until late into the night, Chuck Knoll ended the day by bringing out his favorite bottles of wine and sharing them with team officials and reporters. He also enjoyed discussing politics and loved classical music and photography. He was very intelligent, Dick Hoke said. He knew a lot about a lot of things. One year at training camp, I mean, check this out. He conducted the Pittsburgh Symphony during a live performance. 
Mr. Gordon again. He said, Chuck relished that opportunity. I never saw him so happy as when he was conducting the symphony. I mean, aren't people fantastic? Aren't they fascinating that someone who reached such a pinnacle of professionalism in his career as Chuck Knoll did could have a significant enough hobby that he would have the skills to conduct a symphony. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, he was um, Manfred Honick when he was, you know, conducting the symphony. However, the fact that he had enough wherewithal to be able to even begin that or feel comfortable enough doing it in a public space in front of musicians like that says he had to have a certain amount of skill. Uh, And I don't know. It just made me really appreciate the man even more. So today we miss Chuck Knoll. Much more coming up in the 5 o'clock hour of the Ride Homes. Stay with us. It's a hot day in Pittsburgh. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Democrats held more hearings today on the January 6th Capitol riot. Committee Chairman Benny Thompson says it's no mistake rioters converged on the Capitol building. We know they were there because of Donald Trump. Now we hear some of the things they believed. We're standing up, we're here, and whatever happens, we're not laying down again. House Republican Caucus Chairwoman Elise Stefanik says the committee has done nothing to uncover the real truth behind January 6th. And it does absolutely nothing to address the numerous crises Americans are suffering from every single day. The next round of hearings is set for Wednesday. Bob Agnew reporting. In Texas, police shot and killed a person who had a gun at a sports and fitness venue near Dallas, where about 150 children were attending a day camp. No children were heard in the shooting this morning at the Duncanville Fieldhouse. This is SRN News. Everybody, Mark Davis. The most beautiful things in life start small from a single seed. At Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse, with the aid of warm sun, fertile soil, and expert hands, Those seeds blossom into gardens of fresh produce, delicious wines, and beautiful landscapes. Here at Bedner's Thriving Family Farming Garden Center, you'll find everything you need to inspire your own homegrown happiness. Bedner's Farming Greenhouse in McDonald, making the world beautiful since 1917 at Bedner'sGreenhouse.com. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation. That's second to none. Doing it right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction. Doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete. Doing it right will ensure all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right. Mention Johnny Kathy for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. 
It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Drop your phones, grab your friends, and celebrate summer at Seneca Hills. For 86 years, Seneca Hills Bible Camp and Retreat Center is where families and churches have come to disconnect from daily distractions, to build friendships, grow in faith, and have tons of fun amid 250 acres of God's stunning creation. See all that Seneca Hills has to offer at SenecaHills.org. Camp sessions begin June 19th. Reserve now at SenecaHills.org. If a super flexible schedule, great benefits, paid time off, and a signing bonus sound good, consider NAMS Transportation. NAMS has provided safe transportation to Northern Allegheny County and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Van drivers start at $17 an hour, sedan drivers at $14 an hour, plus a $2,000 signing bonus for part-time drivers and a $4,000 signing bonus for full-time. Must be 25 or older, no CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. We'll see increasing clouds for tonight with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm from late evening on. Storms can bring flash flooding and damaging winds will reach a high of 68. For tomorrow, watch for a severe thunderstorm. Otherwise, it'll be warm and humid with clouds and sunshine, the high 87. Wednesday, periods of sun, temperatures near the record of 96. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm. Expect a high of 95. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in a steamy, hot day in the Pittsburgh area, the Monday edition of The Ride Home. I'm Kathy Emmons from the Word FM Studios. Happy to be here looking at Christy Stockdale on the other side of the glass, but both of us without John Hall, who is taking a day off. We forge ahead, however. If you missed any portion of our 4 o'clock hour, including our weekly conversation with Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, we had a long talk today about the January 6th committee hearings and also what's going on with uh, Democrats growing discontented with their president. That was a 410. Also, God, sex, and your marriage with Dr. Julie Slattery. We also talked about um, Chuck Knoll, who died eight years ago today, and a nice piece by... Uh, Peter Marchase in the New York Times Magazine on Tom Hanks. If you missed any of that, you can contact our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Uh, now, today I'm on my own in the studio. As I said, Christy is in the other room doing her producer dance, and I am meeting Good and Plenty's. So... Familiar with the sound, um, for those of you who love these things, and I just can't express my devotion to them enough uh, with in a verbal way. Um, I just, I think it could be my favorite candy of all time. Christy Stockdale, I ask you your feelings. I do not like them. How could you not enjoy a good and plenty? <laughs> just don't. I it, just don't. It's the perfect combo of the chewy black licorice, the candy coating, and the happy coloring. Nothing. The coloring's nice. Nothing. <laughs> what about the Mike and Ike? They're not horrible. 
Do you like the Mike and Ike better or worse than Good and Plenty? Better than the Good and Plenty. I'm very sorry. That's just crushing to me. <laughs> I'm very, very sorry. You know what? It's really okay because that means I don't have to share. That's and I right. do share a lot of my food with you. And you this do. is some I don't have to share. Do you like black licorice at all? No, I think oh, that's why I don't like it. Yeah. They're so great. I even like the box. I like how it looks. It just makes me happy to look at it. I'm going to shake it again. It's that good. Anyway, for those of you who like a good and plenty, maybe today's your day. And if you're stopping, you know, at a gas station, grocery store or something, you might want to walk in and get yourself a little two-pack. Mine was a buy one, get one. Oh, that's a good little deal. (laughs) Thank you so much. I feel good about it. Uh, Today's New York Times. I've talked about it several times um, because they have some good pieces today. One on how COVID did away with the sick day. It really resonated with me. I remember um, back in April when the vice president, Kamala Harris, had COVID. And I remember reading the uh, statement that her husband made. And it is mentioned at the very beginning of today's article. And her Husband said, thanks to everyone who sent well wishes for the vice president. She's feeling good working from home. And I thought that's because COVID's not going to take her down, right? We are going to keep working no matter what. So the article goes on to talk about how addicted we are in America to working, especially when we're sick. And since we went through the COVID era, I keep saying we went through it, you know, hoping with all that is in me that perhaps we might be on the declining end of it. We can do Zoom, we can have conference calls, we can, you know, stay home and still be productive. And I think in a lot of ways, it's very healthy um, because we're able to be productive in our home space. However, I also think that it's super dangerous because we are becoming even more addicted to the 24-7 I'm thinking about work all the time mode than we ever have before. And I say this raising my hand as someone that really struggles with this because I was up, I don't know, maybe two o'clock this morning or whatever. And I think I was awake laying in my bed for two hours, tossing and turning, thinking about all the things I had to do today. And you know what that's like. Everyone who's listening to my voice has experienced this. And it's so frustrating because you know how stupid you're being, but you can't get out of it, right? So I was thinking, oh, John's off tomorrow and I got to get this for Christy and I got to do that and I got to do that. Now now I'm going to forget that. And it's just you go on and on and on and on. And I don't think it speaks anything healthy about me. I really don't. Christy, um, even saying that, even saying like how committed I am to work seems like a humble brag because our culture is so into that. Like the harder you work, the better you are. The hustle. Exactly. So I know you well enough to know that you are like this too. It's sick, isn't it? It is sick. And but even but as we're talking about it, again, the humble brag tends to surface because we're like, "Oh, look how hard working we are the two of us." But um do you feel like it's unhealthy for you? It's very unhealthy. Why? How? Um I just can't let things go. Like, I, I have to, like, if that was me at 2 a.m., I'd probably be getting up and doing, like, whatever I needed to do. If I needed to print something, I'd be getting up and printing it. Yeah. Because you feel like you'll go to bed faster if you just get it over with? Yes. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. But me laying there thinking about it for two hours wasn't healthy either. No. So I'm not sure what the alternative is. But is there a time in your life where you completely, do you shut your phone off? It goes on do not disturb. Okay. At what time? Uh, 11. Okay. And does that mean that you're not allowed to be on it? You don't allow yourself to be on it? No, I'm still on it. (laughs) It just gives me the opportunity that if I don't want to respond, I don't have to. Right. Okay. Have you found anything in your personal life that has been helpful 
Uh, okay, that has that been helpful for you? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else in your personal life that you feel like have you made a good choice about I'm not going to do X or I am going to do Y or something in this regard that you think has been healthy? Um, so a lot of times I just have to shut the computer and walk away. Yeah. That's where I am. That's what I've learned recently. Okay. And people who are listening to this are thinking she's not a good worker for shutting off the computer, walking away, which is, I know is what you think. But then there are other people who hear that and say, Oh no, no, she's embracing health. I don't know how to find the healthy place there. Because I don't want to be a slack worker. And in this, in media, you can't be a slack worker because the media will leave you behind. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, you know, it, it roots itself out. You know what I mean? If you're going to be, if you're going to be lazy in media, you're not going to be in media. That's just the easy thing to do. But I don't know. I'm not sure I've been doing this for 12 years. I'm not sure how to do it in a healthy way because every time I feel like I've gotten to a certain point, I end up kind of regressing. Um, the article goes on to say that, um, a hundred countries guarantee some form of paid sick leave, but some 33 million Americans don't have it. Low-income workers are far less likely to be able to take time off when they're sick because if you don't work, you don't get paid. So you're going to go in whether you have COVID or bronchitis or cancer, right? Because you need to be working. But the other thing is what we're talking about, which might be even more insidious, which is why people stay plugged in, even when they're aching or coughing or feverish and do have paid time off. I don't know. I, I don't know what that is other than the fact that I think that it's um, I think we're just we don't even realize the warm water that we're swimming in. We're like the frogs in the pot. When I was in uh, Germany a couple of years ago, I had a long conversation with two executives from the Audi Corporation. Um, I was uh, staying for a few days in at their headquarters, the same city where their headquarters is. And so I had a conversation with both of these executives and they were Indian and they had been born and raised in India, educated in India. But when they finished their PhDs, they um, had a group of friends that they'd gone all through school with. So starting in kindergarten, basically, now they're 24 years old. They have a group of six friends. Five of the friends leave India and go to the States. One and his wife leave India and go to Germany. And the guy I was talking to who had been to Germany, he said, look, all of my friends who went to America had great jobs. They've made a lot more money than me. They've had huge houses. He said, but I've had a better life. And I wonder if he's right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about doubt and fear with J.D. Peabody. How do we put on the armor of God without taking off the armor of me? Maybe we have to. Much more coming up. Monday edition right home. 101.5 WORD. Sign up to win our book of the month, new from Greg Laurie. Pastor Greg Laurie's new book is perfect for anyone who loves rock and roll. Lennon, Dylan, Alice, and Jesus traces the lives of rock stars, entertainment figures, and legends who wallowed in the decadence of both the high life and the low life. Get Lennon, Dylan, Alice, and Jesus today and see how no one is out of the reach of God's redemption. Register to win today at wordfm.com slash contests. I truly have never worked in a place that I've loved so much. Carabelle. 
principal at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. The feeling is so warm and open when you walk in. They're very passionate about teaching, passionate about the school, and they love the children. Everybody's willing to step up and help one another. There's just so much love there and compassion for each other. And it's just a nice, warm place to be. Imagine, believe, achieve. Jubilee Christian School, K-7th through grade. Now enrolling for the fall at jubileecs.org. Addiction is a disease that does not discriminate. At Recovery Centers of America, we see its impact on people from all walks of life. Every day, a mom or dad drinking too much every night, an athlete hiding a pill addiction, a healthcare professional or first responder dealing with work-related trauma through substance use, a young adult who started the party in college and hasn't been able to stop. In the past year, over 100,000 people in the U.S. died from overdoses, including many from our local community. If you're hearing this and you think you're different, that you have a habit and not an addiction, I want you to hear this message and challenge your relationship with alcohol and drugs. If you are struggling, there is a solution. We can help you today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. At Recovery Centers of America, we will answer your call 24-7. Many of us personally understand your pain, and we will work with you to determine the best treatment option that fits your needs. In our care, our medical and clinical experts will help you achieve recovery. Don't wait to get help. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know that a middleman adds little actual value. Unfortunately, most mainstream mattress brands sell their products through a retailer. This only adds more cost that gets passed along to the customer. At OMF, we choose to eliminate the middleman and sell directly to you. This factory direct approach allows you to buy a great product at the lowest price possible. No middleman markups here. Visit an OMF location today to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Plan now to join Word FM Tuesday, August 16th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The ride homes John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. Are you holy? If so, how do you know you're holy? Do you judge it? Do you kind of like put yourself on a scale? Well, I'm holier than her or not as holy as him. And do you feel badly about that? Do you feel like you need to try harder or go through a different program or commit yourself more? Or what would it take? All these questions about doubt and fear are endemic to the Christian experience. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because I think it's the path of wisdom is trying to figure out how we pursue holiness, which is the invitation, without going back and feeling like it's on us that we have to do that because that would make it anti-gospel. It's a complicated question. And so to talk about it, We've invited J.D. Peabody on the program. He's writer and lead pastor of New Day Church in Federal Way, Washington. He's got a brand new book coming out next month, actually the month of August, called Perfectly Suited, The Armor of God for the Anxious Mind. J.D., welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me. So faith and doubt, these are things that you yourself very familiar with? Yes, absolutely. Talk about your experience. Yeah, so... um, Actually, the the book that I wrote uh, really grew out of a a, a meltdown. 
uh, several years ago where uh, I just felt like I hit an emotional and mental wall where um, all of a sudden I just found my myself just being bombarded by all kinds of of uh, uh, intrusive thoughts and all kinds of uh, just, um, it was like my mind fell apart and went out of control and I didn't know what was happening. And I, I uh, got together with a friend of mine who happens to be a counselor. And, uh, and I didn't realize at the time I was, I was experiencing all these symptoms of uh, anxiety and OCD. Um, and, and I just, I said to him, I was like, I am not an anxious person. And uh, I don't understand this. And he laughed. He, he, it, it was as if I, I wasn't even seeing all the anxiety that I was carrying around all the time. And so that kind of set me on this real journey of looking at how much of my, my faith life was really about all this uh, striving and, um, and all this uh, anxiety around was I was I good enough for God, even though, even though I have always um, held to the, the gospel message of the cross, uh, there was this piece of me that was really in performance mode. And um, so that was, that was the birthing of this, this book. So, J.D., you knew the right, and I'm putting that in air quotes, the right answer, that you weren't earning your salvation, that you couldn't earn it. You couldn't make yourself good enough right. for God to love you. So if someone asked you, you know, the fill in the blank questions about the gospel, you would have been able to complete them. Um, oh, absolutely. But it yeah. was, but there was a gap between that and what you were actually living in, what your, what your, your, your daily, you know, mental perspective was. Yes. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think for a lot of us, if, if you grew up in a Christian home. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a devout family. My parents were were very committed Christians and, and did a good job of instilling in me uh, the, the truths of the gospel. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that upbringing. But I think anybody that's come from that background knows that it's, it's really difficult for uh, communicating faith to children to separate out the difference between um, behavior and, and faith. And so you can get this sort of combined message, you know, where it's, it's a lot, a lot of your understanding of what it means to be a Christian is so tied up with uh, correct choices and good behavior, knowing enough, um, all these things. And so you, you move into this sort of performance mode, even though intellectually, you know, you know, all the dangers of legalism and you're, you're uh, professing the gospel on one hand, but but really practically speaking, you're relying on uh, your your performance as what's going to make you okay with God, and uh, that's where that's where I kind of was finding myself uh, living. So when you um, realized the position that you were in, uh, your friend who was the counselor told you about you know OCD. Uh, what then happened? Did you pursue something further? Yeah, uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, I, I I realized that I was really disconnected um, from my own emotions and my own sense of, uh, you know, what was going on inside of me. So there was a lot of work, internal work that I needed to be doing. So 
through counseling and um, and a lot of those kinds of tools and resources for just dealing with good mental health practices and um, and and also just getting in touch with my what was actually going on inside of me. So that was one piece, and then also diving in deeper to uh, to what the gospel message really is in scripture. Uh, this, this book especially came out of a study of the armor of God, which so often, you know, gets framed up for us in terms of, uh, really the, the, the emphasis is on the picking up and putting on this armor. Uh, so it, it almost becomes one more thing that we're striving to do. But the more that I spent time looking at what the armor actually is, the more you go, well, oh, this is actually a gift to us, something that is doing the protecting for us so we don't need to be in such self-protective mode Mm. ourselves. Well, that is not the way the armor of God is usually taught, at least in my experience. Right. That's not the way I've even thought of it in the past. And so, um, so it really has been a rediscovery for me of the truth of scripture, which I love because it's, you know, God's word is living and active and it's so, it's so great how it can speak so relevantly to right where we're at in a fresh way all the time. J.D. Peabody's with us, writer and lead pastor of New Day Church in Federal Way, Washington. Uh, he's got a new book coming out called Perfectly Suited, The Armor of God for the Anxious Mind. I am I'm eager to read that, um, J.D. So talk about um, how you ended up learning of Therese of Lisieux. And am I pronouncing that appropriately? I, that's about as good as I can pronounce it. So I, I'm going to go with that. I think that sounds great. Okay. So born in the Uh, late, yeah, born in the late 19th century. Tell us about her. Yes. So she was a nun, uh, a Carmelite nun, Benedictine nun who, uh, you know, if, if I thought I was striving to perform for God, she, she was the extreme of that, um, lived a very ascetic lifestyle and, uh, actually, I read about her in a book that was on Christianity and OCD by uh, Ian Osborne, and um, and he went in depth looking at how she actually, if, if she were alive today, would would probably be diagnosed with OCD because she had just this uh, intense scrupulosity uh, where she could just never get quite good enough uh, in her mind for God and and. Um, and it just got so painful for her that uh, she she also went on a quest to to begin digging in a little deeper to to scripture, and she started to to look at all the verses that talk about where uh, God encourages us to depend on Him like children, and and she developed something that she called the little way, which was basically striving to stay small and say, how can I how can I turn this over to God? How can I continue to trust in him? And, and, and she had a quote that uh, was essentially, uh, you know, I can make mistakes as long as I'm alive, as, as long as I, as I stay little. And, um, and I really, I like that. And it wasn't like an encouragement to stay immature. It was to say uh, we, we are constantly in a state of dependence on God and that the, the opposite of being, responsible for myself uh, is is not irresponsibility, but it's trust mm. and, and trusting God with the responsibility for me instead of my own self-righteousness. 
Yeah, that's really good. That's really, really good. For people who are listening, JD, who who struggle with OCD, or maybe they're hearing you talk and think, oh, wait, maybe that is me. uh, What would you recommend? Yeah, I, uh, and I'm certainly, I'm not a counselor myself. Sure, yeah, I'm not asking you as a um, clinician, just as a fellow struggler. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I would really encourage you to stay curious about what's going on for you and um, to to see it as an opportunity to uh, know yourself better and know God better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this this struggle, really, it was, um, it was very humbling for me to get to a point of recognizing that I was dealing with some mental health issues uh, when really... Um, you know, I, I always kind of had prided myself on being this unflappable person hmm, and yeah. being, um, you know, my 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 brain was what I felt I had going for me. And when it felt like it was turning against me and I couldn't seem to stop what was happening in it and then to go, oh, I guess that's what grace is for. Those times when I can't fix it and I need to rely on God. So I, I, I think ultimately it's been... Um, it's been something that I wouldn't uh, exchange. I, I'm I'm grateful for what God has taught me and brought me through uh, through these really difficult, painful experiences. So I guess I would say, um, you know, not to be not to be frightened uh, by it, but mm-hmm. to actually pursue it as an opportunity to to seek some help, and not not just to to get over it. Um, I think what I've learned along the way is is to instead to offer it to God to do to do something with it in my life rather than to say oh just get rid of this for me I'm, I I don't want to I don't want to suffer anymore and instead to to flip that around and say okay God I can I can hang in there if if this is something that you can you can use and be glorified in yeah and I appreciate that uh, admonition to stay curious yeah well and yeah. I I think you know to 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 get over that the stigma sometimes that is around seeking help. Um, no, nobody likes to ask for help. Um, but, uh, man, once, once I started into counseling mm-hmm. myself, it, it just really felt like a gift for me rather yeah. than uh, something to feel shame around. And, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers said, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. Yeah. And, um, I think that's really true. Yeah, I think that's those are very wise words. That's J.D. Peabody. Check out his brand new book. It'll be releasing in August. Perfectly suited, The Armor of God for the Anxious Mind. J.D., thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks so much, Kathy. I really appreciate it. Wise words. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, does this make sense? When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero, right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products lock in your quote today schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windows or us pittsburgh.com you've tried the rest now try the best windows or us pittsburgh.com windows are us. 
there has been a lot of conversation lately about what is Christian higher education. What about the institution that you would go to if you were interested in being a believer and having a higher education? Mm-hmm. It's hard to quantify in some ways. Yeah, because some people look at it and think it's about going to a school where all of your beliefs that you have when you start the school are just encouraged. Or reinforced. Bolstered, reinforced. Mm-hmm. Other people look at higher education, especially Christian higher education, and say, wait a second, I'm there to expand. I need to know more. I want to increase my view of the world and Christ in it. It can be a dangerous, slippery slope, especially politically where we are now. Yeah. Education, though, is always an adventure. It should be an adventure because it should be taking you out of your comfort zone. It should be exposing you to things that you didn't know and helping you to reevaluate and be more solid in the truth that you already believe in. Now, we know how the story ends. If you're a believer, you know Christ will reign. We should not be afraid. Look online at Grove City College. Grove City College online, gcc.edu. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, one of America's top 10 most livable cities. We're also on another top 10 list you might be less familiar with, human trafficking, where women are enslaved and sold like property in the criminal sex trade. But the good news is that Refuge for Women is now here in our city, the largest nonprofit faith-based organization of its kind, providing up to two years of safe housing and round-the-clock care for women escaping sexual exploitation. Learn how you can help at refugeforwomen.org slash Pittsburgh. We'll see increasing clouds for tonight with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm from late evening on. Storms can bring flash flooding and damaging winds. will reach a high of 68. For tomorrow, watch for a severe thunderstorm. Otherwise, it'll be warm and humid with clouds and sunshine, the high 87. Wednesday, periods of sun, temperatures near the record of 96. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm. Expect a high of 95. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does what make sense? Food coloring. Yeah, food coloring makes sense. Food coloring is sort of like the window dressing. The the shirt and tie. Mm. Because if you had something that was, you know, unadorned, mm-hmm. there'd be a blandness. So a little oomph of color helps things go down. It's more appealing. I think so. Now, I get it, you know, the health concerns, yada, yada, ding, dong, ding. But that notwithstanding, it makes sense to me. You're going to color some Easter eggs. I'm going to come out and say it does not make sense. Oh, come on. You no, want them to be like bland? No, and listen, this is what I'm saying. There's something, like, you know when you go into sheets and you go to the slushy aisle? And you look at the colors represented there. Is so there a pretty. part of you that steps back and says, that's not right? That is not right. No. Neither one of you. No, it makes me happy, no. as a matter of fact. See, I look at that and I think it's like a, a bad portion of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is in my mind every portion because I hate that story and movie. It's like, this is too much of a thing. This is not, this is unnatural. 
It's like well, there is that. I mean, yeah, there, it's like it's like gambling on the NFL. Like the NFL isn't exciting wait, enough wait, for you that you need to make it more exciting. What rabbit like, hole are you running down? Raspberry here? is exciting. Do we need to make it blue? Well, you do. I don't think you do. I think it's, I'm, I think I'm it's fun. I'm out and saying no. All right, I'm taking my stand, John. Funny you brought up sheets. Does this make sense? Cold coffee in a bottle. Man. Oh. When I go in... You mean like a Frappuccino or yeah, you just mean plain whatever, coffee? Whatever. Now there's, you know, double shot espressos, Frappuccinos, sure. you name it, you know, unsweetened, sweetened, with right. cream. With a, right. I love it so much. Now, are you going to drink that right out of the bottle? Are you oh. going to pour it over ice? No. I'm no. drinking it right out of the bottle. Are you? It makes perfect sense. I mean, the variety, the quality of your coffee... It's off the charts. So great. I love it. It's like the greatest invention. In now, the last are you going to choose to get reach into the case and get it yourself rather than paying the Starbucks barista to flip it, froth it together? For I you? love the Starbucks barista. I love myself, you know, a, a grande latte, mm-hmm. the hot one. What about but, the cold one? That's, but in a pinch and I'm doing it in the bottle. Man, I love it, and it makes perfect sense. Does it make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Yeah, see? It really does. It's still, as long as you put sugar in coffee, I'm all in. And a little food coloring. No, no, no we're going to skip out. the food coloring. We're just going to be glad it's brown. 101.5 WORD. There are three ways of dealing with the Bible, especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand. The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe. The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all. The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 1433 Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Parents are an extremely important part of their child's education. Kara Bell, principal at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. We try to partner with parents and try to instill values that the parents want as well. We love to have parents come in and volunteer for activities, for recess, for lunch, help out in the classrooms, field experiences once a month. We try to team so that we can meet the child's needs. Imagine, believe, achieve. Jubilee Christian School, K-7th through grade, now enrolling for the fall at jubileecs.org. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. 
They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Plan now to join Word FM Tuesday, August 16th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The Ride Homes, John and Kathy, will be your cruise directors for this amazing night, sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. Always happy to welcome Stephen Mansfield to the program. Stephen's one of our favorite guests. He's been a longtime friend, and um, he's just he's done such a terrific job over the years, being consistent in his writing and his presentation. And I always appreciate what he has to say. Stephen is a New York Times best-selling author of several books, including Lincoln's Battle with God, The Faith of Barack Obama, Choosing Donald Trump, and Never Give In: The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. Stephen, welcome back. Well, it's great to be with you. Listen, will you travel with me and introduce yes. me everywhere I go? Because <laughs> you're always to, so great. Happy to you're do always it, so great Stephen. At it. No. Everybody needs a hype man. <laughs> all, I'm do, all I'm doing is saying the real thing. That's really good. Uh, thank you so much. So, Stephen, in your podcast, you, you talked at length about uh, the great resignation. And, you know, this is a, a phenomenon, I think, that's a direct result of the, the pandemic and COVID, where people have, you know, spent time at home. And, and while they were at home, they were like, you know what? Uh, I think I can do better. When we go back, I'm going to shed myself of my old career and uh, hit the reset button and start fresh. You know, it's that's very true. I, maybe the best way for me to express this is to say that I... I once had a near-death experience, and when I emerged from that, I said, you know what? There's some stuff I'm not putting up with. There's some things I'm going to try to make better in my life, and I, I just there's no, no need, given that life is short, to tolerate you know, a, a whole lot of mess in my life. This is what people have done as they've emerged from the pandemic. They were sitting at home. They were facing death. They were contemplating their life, and when they emerged, to the extent that we have thus far, they said, you know what? I, I don't need to put up with bad bosses. I don't need to put up with low pay. Uh, life's too short. I'm either going to strike out on my own and, uh, and start my own venture, or I'm going to look for better work. And that, that has produced some stunning statistics. We, we, we know that we've had more than 25 million people change jobs in America. And Microsoft did a survey and said that they are estimating about 41% of the workforce will do the same. So wow. it's, we're talking, we're talking massive numbers. That's incredible. I didn't know 41%. That's huge. So people essentially are reinventing themselves, right? They're, like I said, hitting the reset button. That takes a measure of, of thoughtfulness and especially courage to think whatever age I am, I'm going to, you know, be something new. <laughs> well, it, it does. And this is largely driven by the young, I need to say. Uh, older folks like uh, you and me, John, um, you know, we we probably like to st- stay put, yeah. have the benefits and, and enjoy our work. Um, but the millennials grew up in a world of choice. You know, you know, the stats as well as I do, what, 80 different kinds of mustard, uh, you know, all sorts of options, an app for everything. And so they're driving this. They have said, look, life's too short. I'm not going to put up with this. I don't need to be in a bad situation in a toxic work environment. And so they're striking out. The other, the other good part of this is that that's a very entrepreneurial generation. 
you know, they, they like those. They're the ones who fuel those TV shows about, you know, toxic bosses and about, you know, work and entrepreneurship and what have you. So they're driving this for the most part. It's an exciting time. But uh, you may know that I've also said publicly, I think we're also going to have um, another movement, which is the Great Reckoning. And that is, I'm all for the idealism. Hey, let's go start our own business. Hey, let's go switch to find something better. But the fact is, the reality is going to smack some folks in the face. Some will land in better jobs. Some will have successful entrepreneurial vision, uh, you know, uh, ventures. But a lot of folks are going to find themselves facing unemployment, even worse jobs, uh, difficulty as the as the market tightens. So. Uh, there's going to be a great reckoning, I think, that's going to come ultimately in the, on the heels of this. Yeah, I think you're right. And and just knowing what it's like to be in a workplace for any extended length of time, uh, one of the things that I, we have to come to grips with is the fact that a lot of the things that we don't want to do, we still should do. Right. There are things that our employers requiring of us or things that our coworkers are requiring of us. And it's something that we're not really comfortable with or not comfortable, but it's just it's it's some kind of structure that we don't necessarily want. But that doesn't make it bad. You know, submitting to that is in has certainly been in my history a path for growth. It's just a path of like becoming more humble, becoming more open to what other people around me have to say and, you know, going forward in that way. So just the whole idea of, well, I don't like this and I don't need to put up with this, that's only going to last you so far. That's absolutely true. And even that is somewhat of a generational thing. I talk to my kids. Uh, they are both young execs in New York in their early 30s. When they tell me, Dad, you can't believe how the boss is. Dad, you can't believe what they're requiring of me at work. You know, my thinking is this is something to grow through, something to improve through, something that's going to make you stronger. They see hardship. And these are not spoiled kids, by the way. These are hard workers. They see hardship as something to avoid something to that uh, means hey it's time to make a change so uh, this is this is part of the issue and I and I, I warned them you know you you can make a change and, and some change is good and, and sometimes bad work environments can drive you on to greater things at the same time don't be someone who's just perpetually dissatisfied we have a initials we use in our home PDS perfect perpetual dissatisfaction syndrome mm-hmm. and the young can sometimes be like that. And my kids can bless them. I love them dearly, but they can sometimes sound like that because their generation has had so many options. So you're exactly right. Sometimes we need to endure the hardship that the workplace imposes on us so that we can become better. Right. And I wonder, though, you know, with the social climate as it is today, and especially, you know, like here in the city, and of course, this is probably true across America, there is a large tech sector here. And so we have friends, Kath and I do, you know, kids who've graduated from college with degrees in computer science or, you know, coding or whatnot. They're going from school in their first job. They're making a hundred K out of the year, you know, for the year and they're not going into the office. So, you know, that's a really weird way to start your career with a lot of money early on. And there's no boss breathing, boss who's breathing down your neck. Well, it's absolutely correct. And they have been, I say this with love, they have been spoiled. You know, my son is married to a German girl. She was an executive for BMW. You can, and my son works for WeWorks. He's an executive for WeWorks. You can't believe the benefits they get. Mm -hmm. They just had my second grandchild. They get paternity and maternity leave. You cannot believe benefits, salaries. They're making more than I made until very late in life. And so that's wonderful. I'm glad for them. But it can create a mentality of, 
there's always something better just on the other side of this hill. And sometimes there's not. And we're in a boom economy right now. That's not always going to be the case. Um, I'm not trying to be, you know, predict negative negativity, but sure. we, I, I think, I think if the, if the millennials could learn a little bit from the greatest generation that went through the great depression, Hey, hang in, hang on to your job, endure hardship, see even a toxic boss as a chance to grow and don't assume that there's automatically greater riches just around the corner. You know, right. there's something to be said for the discipline that makes you better. Exactly. But, you know, at the same time, too, and I appreciate this, that it, like I talked about earlier, it takes a measure of courage like you with your near-death experience. And both Kath and I, we, re, we reinvented ourselves, you know, at midlife and, you know, strove for something else. you got to admire people who do that, who do reinvent themselves, who do have that measure of courage, who do see something in themselves, and they think, man, I'm going to go for this. And, you know, that's, so I think, probably fueling all those months of sitting at home and making the great resignation happen. Well, and, and I have to tell you, that younger generation challenges me. My kids have sat in my living room uh, and looked at me when I've said, you know, it's a little difficult right now in this area or that area. And they've said, Dad, make a change. You know, and one of the one of their favorite phrases, and they're just joking, they'll go, you're Stephen Mansfield. Well, that that's not just me because I'm a little bit well known. That's what they say in the mirror. I'm Elizabeth Mansfield. Yeah. I'm Jonathan. You know, in other words, they think of themselves, again, not spoiled and privileged, no. but you know what? Uh, I'm deserving of more. And, and, and there's some of that that's good for us to hear. We've all knuckled under in bad jobs before, and we look back and we regret it. The, the downside of this, and I don't mean to be crass here, but the famous country music song, Take This Job and Shove It. Yep. If you have that attitude now, uh, you may be heading for a crash. Right, right. And I also think it's important to say that, you know, John mentioned that we reinvented ourselves. Neither one of us, uh, you know, John was an actor for a couple decades, and I worked in design for a while. I worked in recruiting, in uh, academia. I, anyway, we, we landed in radio when we were 40 years old. Um, and it was a whole new way of looking at the world and looking at, but when I look back at those other jobs, and I had some lousy jobs before I got here. I really, and I had Me some too. crazy Horror bosses. Job. I mean, good night. But I really can honestly say, I don't regret that. No, everything fed to something yeah, else. Yeah, I'd like, I, and I would, I would say, well, I didn't deserve that or whatever. But I just feel like, in retrospect, I, the reason I am who I am is because of that. Yes, there's no question about it. At the same time, I, there's a phrase I like to use, holy dissatisfaction, hmm. where you, you have a dissatisfaction that drives you for something more. We change houses, we lose weight, um, we, we, we try to accomplish greater things because there's some kind of hunger on the inside of us. And I'll have to say that the young have are closer to that. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. more of that inside of them. Hunger. And they're good for me because I'm, you know, I, I'm in my late fifties here and I'm not ancient, but hey, I'm pretty I'm pretty easily satisfied at this stage. Yeah. But my kids are like, no, you need to run for president. No, you need to be Queen of England. No, you need to go start this big company. And and at least they're getting me thinking about accomplishing more. Right. The problem the thing I'm concerned about though is we've got an entire generation doing this at the same time. And that's going to be, you know, as they say in Texas, fruit basket turnover. And I'm I'm not sure everybody's going to land happy with the changes they're making. Right. But, you know, to think that is one thing, to act on it another. And I often think, you know, do I have not a strong second act, but do I have a strong third yeah. act in me? And where does that come from? Well, and I believe in the art of reinvention. I really admire uh, people like Shaquille O'Neal 
I really admired John Madden. Uh, I've written about some of these people. Uh, they reinvented themselves, and all and you two have done it. Uh, and I think we, we we may do it again. On average, people of our generation will make six major changes in their work life, mm-hmm. and and often. Uh, one phase doesn't look like another. It's not like they're just a teacher and they move from school to school. They teach for some years and then they take those skills and apply them to marketing. And then they take those skills and apply them to writing or broadcast. And I admire that very much because I think that's one of the great arts of this generation and of business success. Yeah, that's a good encouragement. I appreciate that. That's Dr. Stephen Mansfield. You're not a doctor, are you? Did I make you a doctor? Well, you're happy. I I am a doctor and I'm happy to be called doctor, but... Just call me Stephen, though. Okay, I mean, my, my name, Stephen, means crowned one, so I'm happy just okay. to be called that. We've been speaking with the crowned one. You can check out his New York Times bestselling work, The Faith of Barack Obama, Choosing Donald Trump, but Never Give In, The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. Thanks, Stephen. Stephen Mansfield, very much. Thanks much. So, so great to be with you. Bye-bye. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. My dad is one of my favorite people of all time. Sometimes my eyes feel rolly when he's giving advice, but I've learned more from dad than anyone. Like how saving a few pennies here and there can often be a big deal down the road. One of my favorite dad lessons was, if you're staying at a hotel and you can't see your car from your window, you probably pay too much. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and the mountaintop of my job is when we get to save good people, like Word FM listeners, some life-changing pennies. It's why we're so proud to have our direct lender advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Our company uses its own money within its own walls, and there's no middleman. For you, this often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on new home purchases or refinances. If you'd like to chat, you could find me and dad at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We pay $1,000 of your closing costs on new home purchases. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Turkey and stuffing. Real mashed potatoes. Sliced top round. Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole. Chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life. A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods. Then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Cornerstone Television is dishing out all new episodes to fill your home with truth and joy this season. From Hope Today to Origins, Hard Questions, Sister to Sister, Today's Nashville, Move Your Mountain, and Dashing Dish. Taste the best of local Christian TV on Cornerstone Television Network, where hope happens. 
That's Fios Channel 505 or Channel 805 on Comcast Xfinity. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Thousands of employees in the UK will be working four days a week for the next six months in the largest such pilot program to date. More than 3,300 workers are participating in the study. They will be, ready for this, they're going to be paid the same amount. They're going to be expected to maintain the same level of productivity, but they're going to be working 80% of their normal hours. Okay, so fewer hours worked, but they have to be just as productive. They have to get it in in four days. There are multiple explanations, according to ABC News, why companies might want to start thinking about this as an alternative, even here in the States. First off, the labor market is so tight. Employers are looking for people to come to work, and they're thinking that this might be a way to get people interested, right? People are used to working from home because of COVID. There are historic labor shortages, which have led companies to try all sorts of things already, like different benefits or maybe a wage increase. That would be nice to hear that from people, right? Remote work flexibility. But the shorter work week is something that as of now is not popular in the U.S., except, Christy, if you're a nurse. I have several friends, you know, acquaintances, not people I know well, but who will work four days a week or even three days a week as a nurse, right? Do three 12-hour shifts and then have four days off. If that were you, would you like that, Christy? I would do it. So would I. In a heartbeat. Because I love to work hard, right? And when I get in the groove, I'm good. Like, I'll just go, 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 go. But then to have four days off, or forget four, how about three? I'd love it. My brother does it. He works in the airline industry. Does he really? Yep. Four days on, four days off. And what does he think of it? He just started, but I think he likes it. According to our video game conversations. Okay, I would like to hear more about this video game conversations. Anyway, back to the article ABC News. People want more leisure, uh, an expert says. They're willing to work more each day if they can get fewer days of work. Now, news reports about similar programs that have run in Iceland, New Zealand, and Scotland. But this is the first official study of this to see whether it might work. That's an article by Michelle Muscufo in today's abcnews.com. Um, if that were an option, would you like? Would you be willing to give up something that you really liked? So, so say you were working from home, which I know you already like. Well, I don't do that, but yes, I do like okay, it. Okay, but, but you already like it. If that yeah. was your ideal, if you were living your ideal working from home, would you be willing to give up something like, okay, I'll go into the office if I have to, to do a four-day work week? Do I have to go into the office every day? Yep. Oh, I'd still do it. Okay, so would I. I just, I feel like the, I mean, this is no news to anybody, but the weekend goes so fast. Fast. So fast. So fast that by Sunday night, I sit there and think, I can't believe that it's over already. Especially in the summer. I know. There's stuff to, there's so much stuff to do. Last night, I had um, a great opportunity to go to a different church. Mm-hmm. I had the weekend off um, from the church where I'm employed. And so I went to Eternal City Church, which is in Wilkinsburg. And I saw my good friends, Eddie Jones and Chris Moran, who co pastor that church. And 
it I I can't tell you how much we enjoyed it. It was just it's really wonderful to be in a group of believers who aren't your normal group of believers. You know what I mean? They say things differently. They, you know, they have different procedures and there's a different feel of the room. Anyway, I loved all that. But it was at five o'clock on a Sunday night. I'm not used to that. It's weird. It's weird. Right. So then I came home and I was like, wait, it's late. I'm kind of hungry. I'm kind of sleepy. Do I watch TV? Like, I wasn't sure what to do. I was all thrown off. You had an extra day off. It'd be great. I know. But everybody wanted me to come to work today, Christy. I don't know what that was about. They want me to come in every day. So sorry. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. See you right back here tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.